Hey, Joe. So we have we have some things to give away, and we want to give them away in a meaningful uh, way that feels like we're getting sort of some exchange of energy here because these are some really, really cool offerings. Um, tell everybody about your connection with Simon & Schuster, um, who seem to be, uh, you know, kind of making it in the publishing industry now. Um, yeah, they've really come a long way. They're coming along, yeah. Uh, but tell us about what our listeners can get if they pledge uh, 99 cents a month um, on our anchor.fm forward slash art fight podcast page. Between now and the end of January, we're going to run a raffle. Uh, all the people who sign up to support the podcast will be entered, and we will pick two people who will win uh, the new release from Simon & Schuster, um, which is a, uh, the new uh, memoir by the legendary Jackie Chan. Uh, Never Grow Up is uh, a great memoir uh, that Jackie wrote about his you know, his life as a child actor, his uh, career in Hollywood, his personal life, and uh, all the struggles he's gone through, not only as a martial artist and a movie star, but also just as a man and a husband and a father. Um, like, that's so cool. And, yeah. and, and by the way, like these editions are really, really beautiful. Yeah, they're, they're really, uh, really handsome hardcover, uh, kick-ass photo of Jackie there on the front. So uh, they're, um, uh, yeah, it's really, it's a really cool book. Um, and uh, longtime listeners might remember that we had a great discussion with Matthew Polly, who wrote a biography about um, Bruce Lee for Simon and Schuster earlier, the, or earlier in, in season three. We mm-hmm. we had him on, and it was through that same connection that when I found out there's a Jackie Chan book, you know, I, I just frankly I just contacted him and said, yeah. Hey, can we interview Jackie Chan? Yeah. <laughs> and they said Jackie. He wasn't doing any any interviews about the book, but then they offered to send us a couple to share with our listeners. So we're happy to do that. That's so cool. So all you got to do to be eligible is go to anchor.fm forward slash art fight podcast. Click on the button, the big old button that says support this podcast. And once you get there, you'll have three options. You can just choose the lowest level. You're going to pledge 99 cents a month to, to our production and, and help us out and get yourself a, a shot at a, a really amazing uh, book and obviously like a, a life and a story that goes beyond probably what people even conventionally know of him that will be something really cool to have, uh, not just mm-hmm. on your coffee table, but in your in your brain right exactly uh, and jackie's such a perfect example uh, of of what the art fight podcast is all about so i'm excited to give this away yeah so all right so there you have it uh thanks joe for making that happen and also thanks to simon and schuster and so again anchor.fm forward slash art fight podcast click on support this podcast you'll be automatically entered we'll pick somebody uh two people at the end of january all right thanks everyone All right, we're rolling. All right, so hey, this is uh, season four, episode one of the Art Fight podcast, and we are thrilled and honored and happy to have um, unknown MMA Amanda Sanchez, aka Chica, joining us. <laughs> and uh, hi guys, thank you. Yeah, you're so welcome. And so you said you're in, uh, you say you're in Houston right now. Yes. All right, what you, what's what's going? Not much. Um, working on some interviews and stuff. Uh, right now, it was in Houston for family trip, but I had to still work. I have my computer and my camera and stuff, but I'm still trying to do what I can. 
Yeah, so uh, I want everybody to sort of understand a little bit about what you do, um, and right. so I'm gonna badly explain it, and then uh, you can just you know fix it all up. Um, okay. So, uh, so what I love about what you d- you're doing is you know, and I think that what's really interesting to me is that I think that the whole MMA sort of uh, community is. I think very much made of this similar sort of spirit of sort of uh, not waiting for um, permission, uh, you know, and just getting right. just getting started and and making things happen. And mm-hmm. you know, it's so clear that what you're doing uh, is born out of a, a really genuine passion and appreciation for the sport and all the the, the characters uh, in it. So so unknownmma.com is uh, mm-hmm. a blog that has a wide array of things. You've got some great sort of columns and obviously people writing uh, in this entity that you've built. You've also got a lot of photography mm-hmm. and things that you do uh, that are super yeah. cre- super creative. And then I know that you're really getting into sort of uh, in front of fighters now and, and doing a lot of, uh, you know, sort of more interviews and, uh, yeah. and getting sort of closer to the community in, in general, which I just think is mm-hmm. so, so cool. And I, I just love the idea of, like I said, sort of people just self-starting, getting at it. And all, if you yeah. look at, if you look at the, biggest people in the game um in terms of mma journalism or writing or all the creative things you know you look at even somebody like you know the the top of the heap like an ariel hawani or people mm-hmm. like that and you you just mm-hmm. you can't help but be a fan and a, and a champion of people like that because it's so clearly yeah. important and and valuable and special to them to do what they're doing and they're going to do it whether they're being paid to do it or not but they earn exactly. the right but they earn the right to be paid for it but anyway how, how did i do right. with my my sort of uh uh entry into sort of what you're doing yeah um yeah i have people writing for me and i did one column to kind of jump start everybody but um, but primarily I'm doing interviews and pictures with the fighters. And honestly, I have just been really lucky to get in contact with some really nice, um, people that are willing to talk with me about, um, their fights and their opening stuff. Like if you saw, I did the interview with Alex Hernandez. Um, I kind of got lucky that he's in San Antonio and that's where I'm based. So I talked to him a little bit and he was like, yeah, let's do it. So I went in while he trained and took pictures. Then afterwards, we did the interview, and so I was able to kind of knock it all out um, then. So it all happened very quickly, and it's, it's crazy that it's happening, but it's really, really fun. I love it. Yeah, you did a great job on the interview, and I really enjoyed seeing your photographs as well. And I've seen, Thank I think you. it was uh, in, an, there was another event, I guess it was uh, likely also another Texas event, where you got uh, photographs mm-hmm. of like Cowboy Cerrone and another, a bunch of the other fighters. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, that was a Dallas uh, card early in September. So I kind of decided in February, because it was after the Austin card, I decided in February Mm -hmm. I was like, I need to be around this all the time. So it was like about a year ago. About it, yeah, yeah. Um, February and everything started happening. Like I, I went to a bunch of events. Well, I went to three, but it felt like a ton because I went to Austin and then I went in April to uh, the Brooklyn card. And wow. then uh, I went to the Dallas card. And so when I was in Dallas, uh, we were there, we were taking pictures, but we were meeting fighters and I kept on seeing Cowboy. And I was like, I freaking love Cowboy. And I had my professional camera with me. <laughs> so I was like, what if I just ask him? I'm like, do you think he'll let me take a picture of him? And my boyfriend's like, I don't know. I was like, I'm just going to ask him. So I asked him, he's like, yeah, sure. So I like, oh my God, I, I don't even know how I had the balls to do this. But I was like, can you follow me? Like, I, I was like, can you come with me this way? And he was like, okay. So he followed me and I was able to get him again. Um, 
like a blank wall so I could just get him yeah. uh, some pictures of him. And I, yeah, I, after that, I was like, he scared me the most. So I was like, <laughs> I can ask everybody now. <laughs> like he intimidated me the most. I think because I am such a fan of his that I was like, okay, I just, just get it over with, rip the bandaid off, just do yeah. it. And then he let me and then um, most of the fighters that I was uh, seeing afterwards, they were not in a rush. If, if they were in a rush, I think DC was in a rush because he was commentating, but um, they were letting me take their pictures and they were full of it. So. That's cool. And you did get a picture of DC too, didn't you? Yeah, I got a picture with him. He was like <laughs> running out. He only took pictures with me and like two other people. So I was like, I got super lucky. Yeah. I'm like, oh my God, I'm DC. And I like <laughs> quietly freak out when I see them. I'm like, oh my God, Oh my god! And then like we get a picture, and then I'm like, I told you. <laughs> I get so I get so excited. I get a little bit crazy. I think. <laughs> yeah. So that well, that's one of the things I think that's so cool about MMA. That's still I think in in the spirit and fabric of the sport to to this day, which is that fighters are generally super approachable, very personable, yeah. very cool, and and are yeah. are really much more open and I think honest um, unless they're mm-hmm. talking about their training camp or their weight cut right. or their no but uh, right. but but, um, <laughs> yeah. but but I think like what what has your experience been so far as far as um, just the, the the approachability um, and kind of yeah. you know because it, it's a weird thing to sort of um, at least in my experience with that I've never done it from necessarily like, like a journalistic point of view but I've, I've done some work mm-hmm. for some smaller promotions just so that I could enjoy taking a lot of really good photographs and having the access right. And in that time, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I would meet certain fighters, you know, and and um, I always f- had this weird thing where I kind of felt almost bad for hassling them because you, right. I, I know how hard what they're doing is, and I just feel like, uh, you know, like sort of a jerk sometimes when I'm like, hey, hey, well, you know, uh, you know. Yeah. And you, you know, you you call somebody, um, you call somebody by name, like the, you know, the, like they're a friend or something. But you know, you they don't know oh you, God, and, yeah. and they they somehow do it with such a, a grace. And you know, obviously, mm-hmm. it's a it's a promotional game for them too that they have to play, and it's very important to market themselves. And so, uh, you, you know, in the earlier stages, especially, I, I find that people are really receptive and and really open. Uh, but I guess I was just wondering about your experience in terms of the approachability, and and have you had any sort of particular good or maybe not so good uh, experiences you don't have to name names <laughs> you know all the fighters have been really nice I haven't come across a fighter that's not um, I think the approachability with these MMA fighters because the I feel like a big part of them fighting is them having to market themselves as well so they are aware of that and I mean you're getting pictures out there of them and stuff and so they're cool with it and like like in with in Cowboy's case, I uh, shared that picture like right after I got I took the pictures. We went. We were getting ready to go to the fight, and I edited them really quick and I put them on Instagram. And he was like one of the first people to like it. And then like the Henderson little picture too. He liked it. He messaged me. He was like, "Thank you. It came out so great." It's like these are guys like huge guys in the MMA world, right? And they're uh, so willing and so nice and. I've met Derek Lewis a few times here, and he's hilarious, nice. and he's, he's really <laughs> nice. And so, uh, no, I haven't had any issues with fighters, but I do get that feeling where I'm like, oh, I don't want to bug them, and like I kind of felt like that with Cowboy, but I was like, I just I have to do it. Like I, I if I don't do it, I'm going to regret it. So um, it's kind of like, well, 
what do you gain from it? I mean, the worst they're going to tell me is no. And that's kind of how I approach my life. Like, uh, I just try it. And if they say no, okay, move on. So that's kind of how I approach it with the, with the fighters and with trying to get interviews with them and stuff. It's like, they're going to ignore me. They're going to tell me no, or they're going to say yes. And mm-hmm. we can do something or something else. So I'm, I'm not, I've never been very shy. So I'm not really scared to uh, go up to people like that. And, just kind of ripping the band off this big when I, with the cowboy shoot I was like okay I can do this like <laughs> the lighting it in the hotel was horrible and uh, he was just dressed like casual and um, I was just like oh, I'm just gonna bug him he's waiting for like the bus or something to go to the fight and I was like whatever I need to just do it do it see what happens and so yeah. I'm so glad I did because that kind of helped jump start the website and everything too yeah, that's great. That's one of the first things that I became aware of from you. I don't even know how I came across you, yeah. but at some point, someone someone that I'm following on Twitter, I, I find that like if you're into MMA, you obviously need to be on Twitter because that's where the whole yeah. thing, that's where you find out about all the yeah. fights that Nick, Nick Diaz isn't actually going to be in. <laughs> but yeah. uh, but um, uh, but I found out, I found you somewhere, you know, somewhere on yeah. Twitter, and then one of the first things I saw was that you were taking all these photographs, and you know, and I'm a big fan of Esther Lins, and like you, like uh, my co-host Brian was. Just just saying he's taking lots of photos at the fights and there's uh there's people mm-hmm. in Nashville who I know of at, you know specifically because they take fights of the smaller promotions around here and stuff so I'm a big fan of right. like the whole just the whole uh uh whatever the whole genre of like combat sports photography obviously like some of the mm-hmm. most iconic images we think of in sports are from boxing and yeah. and, and in our world of MMA yeah. you know there's just images that 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 are indelible um but when when before we get into a little bit more specifically about what made you take this leap into you know being mm-hmm. an MMA journalist why how did you become an MMA fan to begin with Oh my goodness. I honestly <laughs> couldn't tell you. I, I was in high school. I think it was around when Uriah Faber was getting pretty big or he was up there. Um, while he was still in the so, WEC or while he was in the UFC? I believe he was in the UFC. Yeah, okay. he was in the UFC because I had a, this ugly UFC jacket that I like, yeah. made my boyfriend <laughs> buy me at the time. <laughs> it, yeah. was, it was camouflage and it had around the place. it was so ugly like back I'm like it was so ugly why did I get fashion that? design but, in the in the MMA world is is highly suspect sometimes it's great it's yeah. often awful <laughs> yeah yeah I, I remember specifically because of that and I had some like tap out shirts and so I was really into it for a while that's yeah. awesome that's yeah awesome. I found some pictures recently I was like oh god I really wore tap out just like proud <laughs> <laughs> see so, that, that's uh, by the way just let me just tell you this like you know we're we're uh, you know uh, a little bit older than than you are and <laughs> and we're so glad for it because there is no record of all the bad decisions we made <laughs> when we were your I, age I, it would I, be terrible I feel like that too because like I have the pictures but they were from like digital cameras so no one else has these pictures, but I have them. So it's like, right, nothing's it going to like surface if I don't want it to. <laughs> right. There, there was no Wi-Fi connection to that camera back then. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And I'm so glad there's no, there was not Snapchat when I was younger. Cause I know I was like getting down at some dances that were not very good. <laughs> <laughs> With your tap out gear on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. So what, yeah. do, what is it that you're, um, uh, what, what are you, you're currently in grad school in San Antonio. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, what, I what undergrad student uh, communication. Oh, so okay, cool. that was my undergrad as well. And um, so I'm a, I'm eight years older than my little brother, and my little brother started undergrad, and I was like, 
growing up, we had always said um, whenever he went to undergrad, I would go to graduate school. And so here we go. I was like, well, it's happening. So I might as well try it. And then I got in and I was like, crap, now I'm really going to grad school now. Wow. <laughs> so well, I did my final semester already. This, this semester will start next week. Okay. Wow. Well, I'm glad we caught you before you had to get back to school. What about, what about oh, your, yeah. what about your, um, like your, your blog and which seems to mm-hmm. be sort of morphing into some vlogging and, and other things. Yeah. You know, it seems like you're one thing I admire about what you're doing and it's, it's partly because it makes me feel better about what we've done, but it also <laughs> is in keeping with other examples as Brian was talking about when, when we just started this episode, but, but I like the fact that you obviously have some ideas about what you want to be doing and you're not afraid yeah. to just be out there figuring it out in public you know what i'm saying and i think yeah. that's i think that's ballsy but i think it's also yeah. smart and i think it's uh it's the way to do it because there's so many things that really you can think about it all you want but if you just started mm-hmm. doing stuff you would yeah. you would quickly learn the right answer because you're doing things not just wondering about them yeah exactly and that's kind of how i i approach life honestly i mean if you just look the way i decided to go to grad school literally one day to the next I applied and then I got in and I was like, okay, this is happening. So yeah. I kind of just jump in and figure it out as I go. Um, I don't know if you know, but I have another business. Um, I teach acting classes and do photography as well. Um, so that too, I just kind of jumped in, started getting in touch ah. with um, agencies that I could work with, getting students and just doing it on my own pace and the way I, I felt like I wanted to. And so that's kind of what I'm doing with Unknown MMA too. It's, yeah, I can see just the progression from my interview with uh, Diego Ferija versus the Alex Fernandez one. It's like, I feel like, okay, I'm getting a little bit more used to it. I'm getting better. And yeah. I'm not used to being on camera anymore. I used to be an actress, but I'm not used to that anymore. So kind of getting back in front of the camera, mm-hmm. um, getting more familiar with it. And I do think having my acting studio, I've done um, productions and direct uh, co-directed and um I, I kind of know how to work everything behind the camera. I can film and mm. I can take pictures and I know how to like sync all this stuff up together. So I kind of, it's helped give me the tools to be able to That's launch great. the full force with interviews in person and all this crazy well, yeah. stuff that I'm doing. Yeah. And I think that, um, you know, I think I've probably said this before, but I'm, I'm a huge fan of looking back at my own work and realize and just thinking how bad it, I hate it. Like, like, like if you, if you, if you don't look back at what you did six months ago and feel like it's cringeworthy, then you're, Mm -hmm. then you're not doing it right. You know what I mean? Like, like, you're not getting better. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that, I think that what happens is a lot of people take, you know, a few, a few steps in a direction and then they're just really uncomfortable with the obvious, like, you know, sort of, uh, you know, I haven't arrived with this clearly. I'm not good at this yet in, in every way that I'd like to be or, you know, or sometimes, you know, you, it's kind of like people that are singing, a, you know, the national anthem and they have no idea that they're completely off pitch, you know, like there's some weird <laughs> disconnect yeah. that they have, you know, sometimes you got to just, you know, even if it's those types of uh, uh, sort of um, stumbles and fits, you know, but as long as you're just pressing yeah. like, and, you know, I, and I think it's really cool that you're finding a lot of, um, I, I also, I think I'm pretty sort of multidisciplinary and I think Joe is very much too in what he does. And I think that mm-hmm. pe- people that know how to do the, the front of the camera, behind the camera, uh, know all the, the elements of production, understand what it is to have, 
even just how to hold yourself or be on camera. And I would imagine it's, Mm -hmm. I just think that's such a huge advantage to sort of not be coming in it from one spot. And I think that uh, it's going to show you know, if it doesn't show already, it's going to be showing more as you kind of keep cooking up all the things you're doing. And I think that, uh, yeah. you know, one thing I'm interested in, though, is like, you know, you, you talk about acting versus sort of communications and sort of uh, yeah. ju- journalism based uh, modalities. You know, I, I wonder about uh, if the MMA piece of this is perhaps a little bit more challenging to you, not because of anything necessarily technical, but just because it's actually something that you really love. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, and you, you really want to do well because it's this is like your jam. Like, this is fun. And I don't yeah. want, you know, if you were going to a real estate convention to do promotional videos for some, you know, yeah. bu- bullshit thing or whatever, you mm-hmm. know, then you would be like probably maybe even almost more at ease because you're disconnected from the the passion of what right. what it is. So I, I guess I'm just wondering right. if, for you and your experience, if it's been something where you've had to actually work through a little bit of an extra challenge, because ironically, you love what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, it's kind of like, I take every opportunity as like, okay, this is my first time trying to do this. So say I go and I do Alex's pictures and he hates them and he's not going to share them. And our interview comes up terrible. Like, I need to make sure to nail it the first time just in case. And so being able to open up doors um, through kind of thinking like like that, like that you have to put it all out there and uh, really just go for it. So, oh, man, I just, I feel like I can't let myself fail at this because I love it so much and I finally feel like, like, of course, I love my acting teaching. I love teaching. I love doing all that. I love um, being able to work with actors. But it was a, like a different kind of passion that emerged whenever I realized. Like, a, it was like a moment where I'm just like looking around the stands and I'm looking at the fighters and I'm like, almost where I wanted to cry. Where I was like, oh, my God, this is it. This is this is it. Like, I want to do this all the time. So I... I I think I probably have like just ran back from meeting Nate Diaz and I turned to my boyfriend and I was like, <laughs> we need to figure out how to do this. We need to eventually get press credentials. We need to work here. Like if we don't work with the UFC, that's fine with me, but I do want to work with fighters. Like I, that's the part that I love. And they're not like, they're so different from like actors. Cause I feel like they're so, they're, they're genuine and they, they love what they do and they're doing it for a reason. And, they're putting their whole body into this sport and their whole life into this sport and it, it shouldn't go unrecognized. And I mean, the, I find the beauty in it when I'm shooting or when I'm, I'm doing stuff. And like, I don't know if you saw the picture with um, Alex Hernandez. There's a part and he's like wiping his foot off and he's looking straight at me, straight at the camera. And I was like, oh my God, that's the picture. That's it. I love that one. That one's my number one picture. And I was so happy. He had said that he loved that one too. Um, but then like, and then with the Eric Anders shoot, like he had just finished and I'm still shooting pictures. And he's just like, he was like tying his, his thing. And um, he's looking down and sweat was dripping. And I got like the picture of like the sweatshirt. I'm like, oh my God, this is what MMA is. It's like, you don't even realize I'm shooting and I'm shooting and they're rolling and they're, they're wrestling, they're doing stuff. And I'm like, he looked like he was having fun the entire time. They're learning, they're talking, the coaches are yelling, they're doing different things. And then at the end, you just see it like, 
all dripping off of him. And yeah. it's just like, oh, this is like, I love it. It makes me so happy. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm so eager to look at the pictures. I take my, my computer with me. So as soon as we get in the truck, I just start looking at it because yeah. it's, just, it's, it's beautiful to me. And it probably sounds crazy to people who don't understand it, but it's it's such a beautiful sport. Yeah, I, I, I love it. I, I, you know, my advice to anyone—not that anybody's asking for it—but do <laughs> do what you love. You know what I mean? Like it's so. Yeah. It just make. I, there's nothing better than when you just feel like you're not working at all. Um, and yeah. so it's clear that like you're you're on the right track. And and the, the other part of it, I just wanted to sort of uh, get you sort of pointed towards because I'm really we're both very interested in this sort of opinion from you uh, and this sort of outlook. But um, you know from you know we have a lot of friends that are um, you know maybe lukewarm at best about fighting in general or to mm-hmm. the point to the point where you know many you know might find it just barbaric and and um, right. you know they just can't stomach it and you know for certain mm-hmm. reasons I fully understand and then others I wish that yeah. they were maybe perhaps a little bit more open-minded but um right. but especially from the female perspective you know um <laughs> you know I, I think that uh, m- m- it seems to me that that the when a when a when a female is I, I like I had a text back and forth with a friend of mine today and she was saying, you know, uh, you know, I don't think I'll ever watch the UFC or any kind of fighting. Um, I don't like, you know, sweat and, and, you know, st- steroided out looking women and, you know, <laughs> men and just like the whole aesthetic of it kind of bothered her. And then yeah. and then also just, yeah. you know, clearly the, the sort of notion of, uh, you know, she she said something along the lines of sort of pain and, and violence, you know, as a spectacle yeah. and all this. And, you know, in a weird way, some yeah. of those observations at an, in an abstract are kind of accurate, but it's sort of like uh, yeah. clearly not encompassing what it's all about. And, um, right. you know, for 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 me, it's it's. Uh, you, you know, I, I wanted to say, well, you know, and actually I sent her some things that I know that she won't watch, but, uh, <laughs> uh, and, but, it, but, but I sent her, I just was saying, you know, and maybe this is not necessarily the right path, but I just said, I really want you to understand like, like how powerful some of the women are that are in mixed martial yeah. arts and, and that it's not this caricature that you're thinking of. And I sent her, um, a video, uh, about Rose Namajunas and I sent her mm-hmm. also uh, a, a video with Joanne Calderwood. And for whatever reason, those were my sort mm-hmm. of two choices of, uh, female fighters to sort of, uh, reflect what I consider to be some of the best of, of what women's MMA is to, uh, about. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh and by the way you know you were talking about when cowboy followed you on instagram or whatever um uh-huh. I, my my claim to fame that i've mentioned only about 14 times on this podcast is uh, <laughs> is that uh that rose namayunas follows me on instagram and Ooh, that's good and that was because at the time she had 230 followers or whatever uh, oh, okay. Yeah, so I, I got in early when she was uh, yeah. s- still impressionable by the general public. Yeah. Now she's just, <laughs> but uh, but anyway. So I guess from the from the female perspective, and I know this is part of your your sort of cause, and and you've got a you know a hashtag that you're championing, and that you speak out in in yeah. this way. So very interested in what your thoughts are about sort of the the, the uniqueness of a women's uh, entree into the sport, and then and then what you see inside it from from the journalism perspective, from the fight fan perspective, from the general public. I'm just very interested in. in your 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 point of view well um i grew up with all boys (laughs) so fighting and stuff was not like scary to me like as a kid i 
I was in karate when I was little, and it was never like, ew, gross, sweat, because I was always around boys. I just had my cousins and my little brother. So, um, oh, okay. yeah, it, was, it wasn't anything, it's not anything like out of my, my realm of interest um, when I was in high school as a cheerleader, but I was also an athletic trainer, and so I dealt with these guys who were like all gross, and I had to help dress them up and stuff. So, so you were a vicious um, cheerleader. Huh? You were, so you were a vicious cheerleader. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, cheerleaders are a little tougher than you think. We get kicked in the face and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think uh, you should send your friend Max Holloway and Brian or take a fight. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, no. <laughs> you just start her off with that. No. <laughs> or the, uh, the, the Roy McDonald. Uh, think, yeah. Roy, yeah, Lawler McDonald. That's the yeah. one. <laughs> oh, my God. Just, yes. Um, I think, oh my god, that fight is insane. <laughs> I think from it, from a female perspective, I don't know because I love the really bloody fights. Uh, I think everyone <laughs> does who loves the sport. Like that's always fun. But I mean, just going to the the Brian and Max fight, you see the respect that they have for each other, and you see where Max is like, dude, just stop. <laughs> like, like where he's almost like, like we're fighting, and obviously he wants to win, but there's also that level of respect, and I think people feel like they take it at face value of all oh, these guys are just feeding each other up for money but it, it's not it's an art and obviously the name of your podcast um it's a it's an art form and it's it's more about them respecting each other in the cage and figuring out technically different ways that they can they can win and they can get the victory i mean no one goes in there wanting to break someone's arm uh, they don't go in there trying to inflict pain. They just are trying to get the win. And so I feel like I I have this perspective because I, I have done a couple research um, studies while I'm in graduate school about this. And so um, fans from here um, tend to like the bloodier fight from the United States. Um, <laughs> yeah. Tend to like the bloodier fights, those kinds of things, and um, the more Asian markets prefer the more technical type fights. And so I think yeah. that being kind of um, glorified more so in the, the probably like the majority voice is you hear the stuff you want to see. These these are the fights that make the news, like the huge ones where there's blood everywhere and it looks so crazy and looks so bad, or like. You think like there's all this animosity going into a fight, but whenever like, like even like the guys who talk the most trash, I feel like to close the cage, it's all about respect, it's about skill, it's about um, figuring out the other person and being able to to conquer them rather than beat the crap out of them. If that makes sense. Yeah, it totally so does. I think I think being able to understand and like recognize that, and maybe if. I don't know. I feel like the, the embedded are really good or like the way Alex has his blog um, are a really good way to learn a little bit more about spiders before you actually see them fight. So it's more of a personification rather than, oh, there's just these two giant dudes that are going and bash each other's brains. And well, that's not the case. Right. Um, they, they put their lives into this and it's more about just making another person bleed when i when i first got into uh mma it was just from the the original season of the uh the ultimate fighter and um mm -hmm. that just it just caught my attention because i was into martial arts when i was a kid i loved boxing when i was a kid i saw that sport mm -hmm. you know just sort of come you know 
come to like a bigger audience and I was like exactly the person they were trying to market that show to. Yeah. And I saw it and I was like, oh, this <laughs> is, am- yeah. And I was like, oh, this is amazing. I'm going to buy a tap out shirt. <laughs> so, right. uh, so that blew my mind. But That's then later, too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But later, like I was like a huge fan of uh, the Bantamweight guys. Like that's, that's, I sort of lost mm-hmm. interest at, at, after a while because at that point, the, the technical fighting just wasn't really there, especially from these bigger guys yeah. who the UFC, at you know, for people who might not know, in the early days, mm-hmm. they only had these heavier divisions of these bigger guys because yeah. they felt that was it's what was most marketable, thing, right? Dude. But then they eventually took in these other, like the WEC, they brought those guys in because they were all smaller weights. And so as an easier way mm-hmm. just to expand their roster without having to actually develop their own talent. And that's when people like Uriah yeah. Faber started to become stars. And that's that was the mm-hmm. second wave of interest for me, specifically because right. those littler guys were way more technical and also way mm-hmm. more energetic. I mean, they, those guys would fight five rounds and it'd be just a brawl all five rounds. So for me, it's always been about that technical aspect if i never saw anybody bleed i would never care i'd be happy to not see anybody bleed but i but but sometimes they do sometimes they don't you know things happen you know yair rodriguez throws an elbow you know what i mean and it's that's another thing that i love about it is the just the shock that i experience in this sport and the most shocking thing i saw recently and i can't let you get off this podcast until you tell us your thoughts about this but the most (laughs) shocking thing i saw recently was when cyborg turned into that first right hook and took a knee against uh, Amanda Nunes and I literally stood up and I was just like what the hell is happening here tell us your thoughts about that as a woman journalist as a woman fan how do you feel about Nunes and and her reign I love both of them yeah um so (laughs) we didn't get to watch the fight live so I had to turn off my I I deleted my Twitter app because I was too tempted to get on. Good for you. And I, I I don't I don't get on Instagram enough for me to feel like that about Instagram. So it's okay on Instagram. And then um, we turn off all our, our notifications. So we're going to a comedy show. So we get home and I'm like, oh, I'm tired, but the fights or whatever. And so uh, I actually picked Nunes to set my work, and my boyfriend did it. And so we're watching it. And it starts, we're like, ready? And he's like, he's just going to win. I'm like, okay, whatever. And then it starts. <laughs> and then you start seeing, like, what's happening. And I was like, I, ju- I was jumping up and down. And, like, yelling. <laughs> and, like, my my brother's dog, we had Labradoodles. My brother's dog was, like, biting at me because I was going so crazy. I was literally <laughs> jumping up and down in my living room in, like, the middle of the night. So <laughs> I was, it was so amazing and it was so fun to watch and I love Cyborg too um, I think a big thing for me is the way that fighters handle their defeat and so um, I was just on a podcast with um, female fight fans and one of her questions was what does it mean to fight like a girl like to me and so I think that resiliency and that coming back from a loss shows so much more about your character than um, your attitude going into it so being able to react and I mean, she she took it for what it was. She lost. Not everyone can be unbeatable. No one is superhuman. And I think, in a way, I was a little glad she lost because now we can start thinking of her as a real person and people can start talking about her as a real person and not the monster that mm-hmm. um, no one can beat. So, to me, I was kind of like, I, I wanted... I picked Nunes to win just because everybody was counting her out. Um but I, I love Cyborg too, so it's kind of like a double-edged sword. But I feel like now we can start talking about her as a person versus 
this otherworldly being that right. she can never be because she can. And I, everyone can. Everybody loses at one time, and you learn so much more from your losses than your wins. So I feel like being able to come back and right afterwards at the press conference, she's joking around. She's like making fun of uh, Ronda Rousey, and it's like it's hilarious to me, and it's good, and it's fun, and it's like okay, good. Like I'm glad she came out. I'm glad she seems okay, and she's like, all right, we're moving on. Like what's next? So I that fight was so much fun for me. It was kind of bittersweet, but I I was. I told my boyfriend, I was like, oh, I should have put money on Nunes. Like, <laughs> I should have bet you, but, yeah. But it was, it was good. It was, a, it was a crazy fight. It was totally unexpected, but. And so, why, like, you know, we're we're continually stunned all the time as to why Nunez does not get much wider play, you know, yeah. con- considering everything that, that she represents and is and yeah. has accomplished. So, wh- what do you think that's uh, about? I don't know. I feel like, I see, the thing is, like, with the guys, the guys with the louder mouth get more press, right? So, the annoying dudes that are out there, like, friggin' of course, Connor and John Jones, because he has all these controversies to his name. And it's like, those are the guys that we um, tend to focus on because of the, that. And I feel like the girls, I see a lot of people hating on Joanna because she was outspoken like that, and they didn't like it coming from a woman. Mm. And so it was kind of a little bit backwards to me, like, okay, you don't like for her to be cocky, but they like for right. Ronda Rousey to be cocky. So what is this really about? Is it about her being a woman or is it about the way she looks? Mm. So, Is it about her being a I boogie think, woman? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, what is it? Are you, like, is your masculinity threatened because the manager could probably kick your ass? Like, what is it? Um, and I don't know. And I think that kind of goes back to, like, the way they talk about cyborg versus the way you would talk about um, a Rachel Osnich or Paige Van Zandt. Like, the, I think the girls you can capitalize on their their looks and stuff whenever they do look um, traditionally beautiful or in the fans' eyes are beautiful. Um, so I think that is one thing, but then you can't use the same tactics as the way the guys do. So I I feel like Amanda is pretty humble and um she's I, I I love her as a person. So I don't know why people underestimate her. I, I guess because she faces these big undefeatable looking singing people, these um Ron Rocky, Chris Cyborg and it's like you kinda counter they kinda counter out because how, how are those girls going to lose? And they don't focus on, but okay, how can she win? And she can and she does. So I think it's more of like, maybe the people she's going against, I, I don't know. I think it's kind of hard for um, girls to market themselves in the MMA. Mm. And so like, as far as, uh, you know, you also, right, are sort of a girl marketing yourself. And I don't mean to yeah. say, you know, that sounds lame, but that's kind of, you know, it's like yeah. you are in a, a primarily male oriented um, sort of, uh, you know, yeah. market or whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah. And it's cool. I love that you've you've taken some really uh, conscious steps in the direction of, of leading some of that, that charge. And I guess I'm wondering, like, when you're looking to approach fighters and you're uh, conducting interviews and when you're 
communicating back and forth with 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 any fighter you know do you what what is it that you feel like you're bringing uniquely from the unknown mma sort of uh perspective um i feel like so part of under mma is them mma and that hashtag started because i was looking for female fight fans and i couldn't find any and now i have like <laughs> And that I follow, it's like it's really hard to find women who are into the sport and vocal online. And I think that's partially because of the whole bro culture that is surrounding MMA. Um, like if you see my mentions, if I say like anything, instead of like like guys will agree with me, but they'll just tweet me the exact same thing I said. And I'm just like, yeah, like I hate to use the word mansplaining, but that's like most <laughs> of my mentions. It's like yeah, these stuff. Like, exactly what I said. I won't even respond to those anymore. But at first, I was like, yeah, like, exactly. Well, yeah. So, I mean, um, you are. I think that's, that's true of it. You you are ultimately in the 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 deepest end of what is called sort of toxic masculinity, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. like, uh, like you are you are yep. like it's it's so salty that you will not sink. Uh, you know, so I just you know, yeah, like when, so when you are sort of uh, you know mansplained or um, yeah. uh, sort of approached in that way, what's your mo for sort of dealing with with that as it happens? Either I'll roast them or I just won't say anything. Because honestly, I think at this point I have most of them muted. Most of those people, <laughs> I don't want them because I don't want them to know that I'm not listening. <laughs> I want them to think that they're just yelling at me and I see it and I just ignore it. But honestly, I have most of them muted. So most of the people that uh, I do engage with are people that I kind of talk to. So um, yeah, I'll roast them. And then people on Twitter, I have, I don't know how I got a bunch of MMA followers. And so they'll kind of go in on them, but I don't do it on purpose. It's just kind of like, why, like, why did you have to tell me this in the first place? It, it, to me, it's just like, what's the point? And I don't know if you, sometimes I'll just tweet, if it don't apply, let it fly. And it's just like, just don't even acknowledge it if it doesn't apply. And if it's the exact same thing, like I just said, so I just won't, I just won't hear it but yeah, I know we are in a completely toxic masculinity because these guys, it's like <laughs> they tweet opinions as facts. And it's like, so you don't know that for sure, but they it, they will argue it like it's a fact and they can prove it. Oh, yeah. It well, might not be. That is the absolute, that, that is not isolated to the MMA community. That is the disease <laughs> that is prevalent in the entirety of <laughs> the entirety of all of our culture and discourse <laughs> at this point. So, yeah. uh, but it's definitely not, yeah. the, it's not, it's not the brighter side of that. Definitely. Um, but in a weird, yeah. you know, none of us can say that we're not somewhat, uh, charmed by the sort of sophomoric idiocy that can be going on in the social media around MMA. It is mm-hmm. comical often and entertaining yeah. and, you know, people like, you know, MMA roasted and, you know, some others, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, definitely keep it, um, you know, uh, a little unsavory in a way that I really appreciate. Yeah. Um, but yeah. It, there's definitely sort of lines to that for sure. Uh, so, so like in, in general, um, we, we really would love to just get you sort of, you know, uh, any, anybody that we can direct to, to your work and what's going on. We certainly would like to get some traffic to you and some people to understand yeah. how great you're, you're doing, uh, with what you're doing. So how can our, uh, listeners find you, uh, best? Um, I would say, well, okay, my Twitter is Manda Nicole, M-A-N-D-A-N-I-C-O-L-3. Mm-hmm. 
it's so hard to explain to people, but that's what it is. I'm really kind of And then my Instagram is Amanda N. Sanchez uh, with a Z. And so those, that's where you can find my social media. And then my um, website is unknownmma.com. Got it. So, yeah, yeah. I, I tweet the, the articles and stuff. I put stuff on my Facebook, but that's only because it has to go there. Yeah. <laughs> so I primarily Twitter, secondary uh, Instagram. I feel like I share a lot more on, on Twitter. I have a lot more um, engagement with people on there. Uh, so, yeah, that's where everybody can reach me. And, uh, of course, I have my podcast, Unknown MMA. Um, we have our YouTube channel, Unknown MMA, um, all that good stuff. Um, I try to kind of cross post everything everywhere, but yeah, you just Google unknown MMA and you'll find like my podcast and everything oh, see, it's on see, iTunes and all that. Stuff. Oh, okay, cool. I wasn't, I was actually going to ask you about that. Cause I, I mean, I know that you've got yeah. the videos going up, but I wasn't sure if you actually had a podcast going yet. Have you guys already started that? Yeah, yeah I had it. I, I did it first, um, with my two interviews with, um, Diego and then with Eric and then I did an episode uh, about the John Jones thing. And so oh, then great. I'm also going to be, yeah, I'm going to be putting a, uh, just a, the recording of my analysis interview too on there. So I kind of just put it, the, the interviews, so that if people just want to listen to them while they're driving, it's easier. Oh, that's cool. Having I see. Your YouTube open. Yeah, that's cool. That's an interesting way. I mean, like like we were saying earlier, it's just like all these different things that everybody's trying to do. It's like, yeah, there's there's all sorts of ways you might do them, and that's a that's yeah. certainly a good way just to have like an audio archive essentially, so people can listen to stuff when they're not when they're yeah. you know just you know in yeah, the background. And with my so with my podcast episode about John Jones, I didn't record anything, but I did do. Um, I put the audio on a YouTube video so people, I don't know how yeah. people listen to different things. So. Well, and that's, that's part- like YouTube red or something. Yeah, and that's that's part of the grand experiment. I mean, like we're we're looking to continue to sort of you know we want to add a video component to what we're doing at some point and yeah. various things. But I think it's nice to sort of you know um, uh, walk in sort of sure-footed steps and just kind of build, mm-hmm. and and then those yeah. things will come. And then it's ultimately a big experiment figuring out where people where where your audience is. Uh, it just take mm-hmm. and then what your you know, sort of uh, your best um, sort of relatable skills are because it just takes time and iteration to sort of figure that out and might be yeah. some things that you think are sort of an afterthought that all of a sudden really you yeah. know take off in a new way. So it's cool that you're just doing a lot mm-hmm. of things and, and pressing on. Yeah. So so what is your, how, yeah. how are you going to know that 2019 is your year and that you're doing it right? Like what do you have on, on, on the plate or what do you want to accomplish in the next year that you feel like you can check back on and listen to this podcast in a year and be like, oh, right, I did that shit. um (laughs) well i don't know i want to be able to travel to a few more events this year and it'll probably come in the later half of the year because i need to graduate and so that (laughs) once i'm free from school then i can um travel some more and have a little bit less stress in that area on top of doing everything else hey man hey look i do so much it's ridiculous. I, Look, just drop, I, I drop out of college. Everybody, everybody, cool on like the bio, like if you watch the biography channel, right? Anybody yeah. that did anything cool in the last thirty years and made a gazillion dollars, they all dropped out of college. <laughs> 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 but I'm one semester away. I can't do that. <laughs> I'm so close, like I could still finish mine. So no, yeah, um, that's great. And I'm, obviously, I'm kidding. To, to get more shoots with fighters, and um, at the very least, I want to travel to maybe. 
let's say, two gyms around the country to do shoots with spiders. If you, could cool. go, so if you could go, we'll to, this, if you could go to we'll any two gyms, if you could go to any two gyms in the country, which two would you go to? Oh man, um, I would love to go to Cowboys BMF Ranch. Uh huh. Oh, that would be amazing. And then I was thinking of maybe doing. Uh, <laughs> I was thinking maybe doing Jack the Wait too. So just hit yeah, up why not? two rivalry gyms. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> On one trip. Yeah, that'd be perfect, and it's beautiful yeah, down there too. That would be yeah, I, w- I really want to do uh, a shoot with Derek Lewis, so that's definitely on my list of goals for this year, because he is from Houston, and uh, I love being able to represent Texas um, fighters, and all the fighters that I've talked to have actually been from Texas, so I don't know if it's because I'm also in Texas, or because <laughs> we're really sweet down here in Texas, or I don't know, maybe they just like to know that we're repping out here. Uh, well, I, I love Houston in general. I think it's such an underrated, yeah. cool city. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I, I played a show at the Rothko Chapel about seven years ago for this kind of 40th anniversary thing, and I spent about a week and a half down there, and it was uh, it's like there's more art and great food and just great things to see and cool culture and good vibes. I loved it. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. Um, um, I have family out here, so... Well, kind of grew up coming back and forth between here and San Antonio. So, uh, so before we're, we're going to cut out here, but I wanted to ask you: um, It's clear yeah. that you want to implore Cowboy Cerrone to allow you to have access to the the BMF Ranch. <laughs> so let, let's just go ahead and say now: Like, if you you know, look into the camera right now, yeah. <laughs> the camera that's mm-hmm. not here, and tell Cowboy why you want to go to the BMF Ranch. <laughs> um, okay. Cowboy Cerrone, I would love to go to the BMF Ranch because I feel like I can represent the hard work and training that you guys put in there um, and the passion of the fighting gym to be able to show it on camera and to kind of let more people see the beautiful side of MMA that you guys are, are perfecting out there on the ranch. Well done. How's that? <laughs> That's good. Sold. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just uh, send this to Cowboy right now. <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll send you a little clip of that and then we'll get that going around and then people will get behind you and make it happen if, if the world is a fair if the world is a fair and just place which I guess is technically not but it should be for you in this cause hey um, Amanda thanks so much I wish you like all the, the most success uh, I love what you're doing and, and like I said the fact that you're doing so many things I know that it's kind of daunting but it's all going to be for the best as you progress through what you're doing and I, and I just wish you wish you all the best in your pursuits and let's make sure that we do this again thank you so much yes i'd love to this was a lot of fun and you're gonna have to hook me up with the shoot with girls on the unit <laughs> that's right that's right well, <laughs> that's what i got out of this conversation <laughs> yeah, right? Right, right. <laughs> all right well hey um take care and then okay. uh, and we'll we'll talk to you in the very soon and uh all the best from nashville sounds good thank you guys Okay guys, I love the Art Fight Podcast, and I listen to every episode even though I am a robot trying to sound like an actual person. I know it takes a lot to keep the podcast going. How can I help? 
go to anchor.fm forward slash art fight podcast click on the button the big old button that says support this podcast and once you get there you'll have three options you can just choose the lowest level you're going to pledge 99 cents a month to to our production and and help us out again anchor.fm forward slash art fight podcast click on support this podcast all right thanks everyone